The title of my message is, Have You Forgotten? Have You Forgotten? I'm just going to pray first. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you now to ask that your Holy Spirit would be with us and would touch our hearts today to receive this word. I pray that you would empower your word, Lord, and that you would help me to speak. You know that I am weak and I know nothing, but you've called me to come here and so I'm here, Lord. And I just pray, Father God, that you would help me get out of the way and that you would do what you need to do, what you want to do today, Lord. I love you, Jesus, and we thank you so much in your precious name. Amen. So have you forgotten? And it's funny that at the last service we sang, um, the last song we sang was Take Me Back. Take Me Back. Now, I have a lot of scriptures, but you don't have to look them up and go through all of them. Hopefully, they'll pop up on the screen above so you can follow along. You can write them down and look them up later. Um, but I always like to have a lot of scriptures to go back to um, you know, what it is that I'm sharing so that we know where it's coming from. Now, the first thing that God wants us to know and remember is that he wants us to know him intimately to truly know him, not just in our minds, not just what other people taught us about him, not just in theology or to talk the talk from our mouths, but to really know him in our hearts. He wants that we would be not just hearers of the word, but doers of it also. And you know, many of us grew up in the church, you know, and we're just used to doing the same routine over and over again, and sometimes we just do it without thinking, right? We come to church, and it's check. We prayed this morning, check. We joined a prayer call, check, check. You know, and we're, we're going through the things that we're supposed to do, but is that what it's really about? When things like that happen, that's when the apathy that's when the lukewarmness, that's when the distractions can set in. And you know, we can be saved, we can be born again, and yet be really far from God and never even know it. God calls us to draw near and to come closer to him, more and more, because there's always more with him. He wants us to know him better and better. And in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. God wants us to know how he thinks and what he thinks. He longs to share with us what he's thinking more than we long for a word from him. And we all want words, right? We're always looking for a word from the Lord. But his desire is that we would know him intimately. Unfortunately, too many of us look to God for things that he can do for us instead of just for himself. For instance, we always want to get out of the fire when God is trying to do something in the fire. Or we think our relationship is strong, it's good enough where we're at, because we've been Christians for so long, we've been walking this for years, right? We know what we're doing. But there are many who know about God, 
but they may not truly know him personally. Truth be told, there are many believers who are seeking things that God is not seeking. They're pursuing things he is not pursuing. And that's a clear sign of not knowing his heart. That's not knowing the times. And Dr. Ronnie Floyd spoke earlier this morning um, at the 10 a.m. service about the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12 and how they knew the times that they were in. They understood the seasons and what God was doing then. And the Lord wants us also to know what's happening today, now, what is he doing? And a lot of times we're so distracted in our own worlds, in our own lives, in the things happening around us that we're not focused and we're not hearing what he's saying. Dr. Floyd actually said um, in the church, business as usual is not okay anymore. That's where we're at today. It's not okay anymore. The Lord wants our hearts and our lives in alignment with what he's pursuing. Amen. Psalm 103.7 says, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. In another translation, it says, he made known his ways to Moses and acts to the children of Israel. And what this means is that the people of Israel were looking to know what God could do for them. They wanted to know and receive what he can give them because that's all that they were really looking for. They sought after and they followed him for what he could provide, whether it was the manna, the meat, the quail, um, protection from invading armies, which are AKA our fires and trials, right? They wanted what he can do. But Moses sought him for who he was. And because of that, God showed him who he was. God showed him his goodness, showed him his character, showed him the thoughts of his heart. God showed him his ways, how he does things, right? The Lord's ways are higher than our ways will never fully know or understand because they're so much higher. But when he wants to share with you, he will let you know what he's about to do. And his ways, you know, also encompass his thinking. Um, you know, why he does things. How is he going to do things? Psalm 25:14 says, The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he reveals his covenant to them. The ESV translation of that says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him and he makes known to them his covenant. In other words, when we draw near to him in reverence, we become his friend. And as his friend, he will share his secret counsel. He will share his wisdom and his knowledge with us. And it's just the same for us when we become friends with one another. We start sharing and we start confiding in each other. And that's the type of closeness and relationship God is seeking from us. There's a fabulous illustration that I read about once in a book, and I just want to share it with you. Um, both Abraham and Lot were righteous men of God. The Bible calls them both righteous. For Abraham, it's found in James 2.23. 
And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Second Peter 2.7 is in regards to Lot. But God also rescued Lot out of Sodom because he was a righteous man who was sick of the shameful immorality of the wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So my question is, if both Abraham and Lot were righteous, why is it that only Abraham knew that Sodom and Gomorrah was going to get destroyed? Why didn't Lot know it too? If both of them are righteous, if Lot is also righteous. By today's standards, we could say that both were believers, both attended church, both volunteered, both knew of God, but only one heard God. We, it's, amen. It's very powerful if you think about that. So there could be two of us in here, and we're all doing the right things, checking our list. But maybe someone is hearing from the Lord, and maybe some of us are not. One of them knew God's heart, and it was because Abraham drew near to God. He was so close to the Lord, and the Lord shared his secrets with him. And likewise, God wants us to draw near to him too. Amen. Amen. He wants us to come closer and to grow in more intimacy with him, to know him and to know what he's doing and what he's pursuing so that we can align our lives with what he's doing. God is a pursuer, and the number one thing he pursues after are the hearts of men, souls, his people, whom he created, whom he died for. Luke 19.10 says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And we all know John 3.16 it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall never perish but have everlasting life. God is after souls. He's looking for his people to come home. And again, many Christians today are not seeking what he's seeking. There has to be a hunger for God and the things of God. We can't be preoccupied and filling ourselves with things of this world. Things of this world are temporal, they're temporary, they're going to pass. Everything will pass except his word. His word is Jesus. And we can't be so caught up in our own worlds and miss what God is doing, especially today in these days. There's a bigger picture, right? We need to see the forest from the trees. And we're so sometimes distracted and wrapped up and focused in our own issues and circumstances and things that we want and what we don't have and what we didn't get and what we would like and we're missing the big picture and God is speaking today God is really he's on the move and he's coming soon and we need to get in line we need to be awake we need to be ready for what's coming
Pastor Carter is asking for 60 million souls. And the Lord is asking, are we ready to take in 60 million? Amen. I believe he's uh, training. He's training some of us now. I believe he's raising some up. And I believe he's waiting for us to get ready so that we can bring in this harvest. Amen. Second Timothy 2.4 says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Again, we can't be so preoccupied on the things of this world. Our aim should be to please God who has called us. Each one has a calling. Each one of us has a destiny and has a purpose. We're, we are to find out what that is and we are to walk in it. And we are to run our races for where he's placed us and what he wants us to do. It's time for us to realign our hearts and our minds with God and what's on God's heart. So that was the first point that he shared with me. The second point God wants us to know and to remember is his undying love for us. The Bible says that God is love, and that's 1 John 4. It says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, and that's Hebrews 1.3. Jesus himself said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's John 14.9. So the love of God is found in Jesus. All that he is, all that he's done, all that he continues to do for us while seated at the right hand of the Father interceding is love. It's out of pure love for us. And he's proved it. He gave up everything for us while we were yet still sinners. And he paid the debt that we owed that we cannot pay. Do you remember where you were when you first met Jesus? Do you remember how you were like before? And what you did? I do. I made fun of him, I mocked him, I mocked Christians. I did a lot of things and it wasn't pretty. And yet he still wanted me. Amen. And he still wants you and he wants everyone, no matter where they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they're doing, he still loves and he wants every single one of his children. Christ went to the cross so that we wouldn't have to. His sinless life paid for our sins and bought us our freedom. It's a freedom we don't deserve. And it's because of him that we now have everything. And there's nothing going for us that's better than that, than what he's done. I still remember um, when I first encountered the love of God. This was back in September of 2012. Some of you may have heard this, but I was in my room. It was at night. I was getting ready for bed. And I had no idea what was happening. And yet at the same time, I knew exactly what was happening. And that's the paradox of God. 
All I can say was a presence filled the, the atmosphere, and I went face down, first on my bed, eventually onto the floor. But I could tangibly feel the love of the Father. It's really hard to explain in words, but it just came pouring down upon me, and it filled me, and it was like gushing back out of me. There was so much of it. And I just started weeping, and I started crying, and I don't know for how long I was in that state. I was like a little ball on the floor. But that kind of love was so pure. It was so clean. It was so sacrificial. You can actually feel those words in his love. And yet, words don't describe it enough. And instantaneously, I knew how much I did not deserve it. I knew I didn't deserve his love. I knew how filthy I was. And I knew that I couldn't buy this, earn this, or find it anywhere. Amen. And yet, this is what the world is seeking. This is what everyone is looking for. This kind of love, this fulfillment, the satisfaction, this joy. It's an unbelievable, amazing gift that he has freely given us. We just have to receive it. We just have to accept it. It's already been done for us. And I've never been the same since, since that night. I praise God for that. There are truly no words to explain it, no tears to express it. His love is so overwhelming and it's so powerful and it's so real. It was real. The love of God will change you if you allow it. And you will know when you've encountered the love of God because you will never be the same again. You will never be the same. The third point that he spoke to me about and that he wants us to know deep in our hearts is that he is in control. <laughs> he is in control over everything. He is sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows where you're at. And he's got you. He's got me. He's got it all. And even if you don't uh, feel it, even if you don't see it, we live by faith and not sight, right? No matter what you're going through, what's attacking you, what's coming against you, he's got it because he's proved to us that he's taken it all already. He loves us so much and he's given so much and so you can trust him. We can trust him. We can trust that he'll come through for us every single time. And so the Lord is asking us, have you forgotten? Because what Jesus did on that cross was conquer everything that would ever come against us. He defeated it all so that we could live and rule and reign in freedom. Are you reigning in your life? 
See, no matter what happens for those who trust him, you will win. And I remember Pastor Carter's testimony that he shared um, when he was having a panic attack in his house and um, the enemy was coming against him. And for the first time he stepped out and he rebuked the devil. And he said, you can come against me and you can kill me and I could die, but I would go to heaven. Or I can stand here and I can fight you and rebuke you and either way, I win. Is that correct? Okay. I just want to make sure I got his testimony right. So either way, you will win because it's already won. It's a fixed fight. And we just have to remember, we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. It's a done deal. So we can stop the worrying and the complaining and the festering, the wallowing that we all go through, right? Because it is finished. It's finished. Our position is hidden in Christ and it is secure. And therefore we are not helpless, we're not defenseless, we're not worthless because it's all about him. It's not about us. It's all for him. It's all because of him. It's all by him. And it's all going back to him. Yeah. Worthy is his name. He is the one who is worthy. Now, on the practical side of remembering these, these words in our hearts, we already know them, but um, again, are we actually doing them? Are we actually practicing these? And the first point for us to walk this out, of course, is to pray. It is time to pray. And maybe it's time to pray for that hunger and that thirst again. You know, as a deer panteth for water, we should be handing for the Lord, we should be wanting more of him. Maybe it's time to pray again for that fire, for that passion and the zeal to burn again within us for God and the things of God, what he's doing, who he's pursuing, where he's placed us and what we're supposed to be doing with him as co-laborers in Christ. We should be in communication with him at all times. And sometimes that could be a prayer from the heart right, especially when you're really busy. But the Bible says to pray without ceasing and that means to stay in contact with him because it's a heart posture. The second point of how we can practically walk this out is fasting. I know it's very popular, but it's true, it works. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I hate fasting and my friends know that. I'm, I'm not a good faster. But there are times when you need to or you should. Acts 13, 12, it says that while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So fasting pushes us closer to God because we have to lean more on him. Fasting also draws us nearer to the things of the Spirit things that are eternal, and pushes us away from the things of the flesh, things that are temporal or earthly. And this also helps us to know the will of God. 
Notice in this verse how when they were fasting, they heard the Holy Spirit loud and clear, simply, easily. That's what fasting does. It helps connect us to him. The third point of walking this out practically is, of course, reading and meditating on the scriptures. And as I close with this third point, um, I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So in order to prosper and to succeed, we need to be reading and obeying the word. And as we meditate on it, we will take in his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. And the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 7, in all that you get, get understanding. And remember, as Dr. Floyd preached earlier this morning, it was the sons of Issachar who understood the times. So if we want to understand, if we want to know, if we want the wisdom of the Lord, we have to be in the word. There's no way around it. We have to be feeding on the bread of life, on what gives us sustenance. We have to be praying constantly, whether it's from the heart or when we can spend time with him. We have to be seeking him in order to know him and what he's saying and what he's doing for this season. And we should be fasting too because that drives us closer to him, that pushes us to trust him, to rely on him, and to receive what we need, which is direction, clearly, simply, quickly. We need to seek God's heart, and we need to realign. So for some of us, and myself included, I am preaching to myself as well, if we've forgotten, if we've gotten distracted, if we've lost sight of a few things, it's time to make it right. It's time to realign, and it's time to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all else will be added on to you. Everything else that you need, everything else that you want, the desires of our heart, right, they come as we first seek him and what's on his heart, because he takes priority in our lives. He loves us. He's got us. He's shown us that already. And so no matter what, we're covered. But we have to remember these things and go back to the basics, go back to the rock and stand on what he's promised us in his word. Amen. Amen. And so my altar call today is for anyone who may have lost sight or wants to just draw nearer to him, wants to hear from the Lord. My altar call today is for those who've forgotten their first love, the priority in life and what it's all about. It's for anyone who wants to get back to the foundation, to the rock, where we get our understanding, where we get our strength, where we get the victory. 
And if you want to draw near, if you want to hear his heart, if you want to know what time we're in and what we're supposed to be doing, what is it that he's called you to do? What should we be focused on now? And what is it that he's pursuing? Then I do invite you to come and we will pray with you. Thank you, Father. Lord, draw us back to you, our first love. Put that fire within us again, Lord, to hunger and thirst for you and nothing else and no one else but you, Lord. You are everything. In you, we truly do live and move and have our being. There's nothing else that we need, Lord. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would, Father God, show us your love once more. Pour out your spirit and just touch us, Father God, with that amazing agape love. Father, remind us that you are for us. You are with us. You've already battled and won. And in you, Father God, we win too. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we just come against all the distractions of this world, the unimportant things, Lord, that draw our attention away from you. Father, help us to truly stay focused, to do what you've asked us to do. Father, speak to us in that special way where we can each hear you loud and clear, Lord, as we continue to come before you and just be with you and just sit at your feet. I pray, Father, that you would strengthen us, quicken us, Amen. remind us of the calling in our lives, Lord. We are soldiers in your army. We are warriors for the kingdom of God. Help us, Father God, to take our rightful places, to man our posts, to stand strong. When all else is said and done, to remain standing on the solid and the firm foundation that you gave us, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.